0: The continuation of the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory be to thee, O Lord. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? They are fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stories to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? He replied to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I will baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the throngs of his sandals. He, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. be seated. So, I love Jim Henson. Um, and if you know who Jim Henson is, then I would wager you love him as well. Um, He was the creator of the Muppet Studios. So Sesame Street and all the wonderful Muppet movies, that was Jim Henson. And his family um, has taken on it now. Actually, the business is owned by Disney because everything is. Uh, And I still love all of the things that Jim Henson Studios produces. Their Christmas Carol is my favorite. It's wonderful. If you haven't ever watched it, please do so this time of year. But When I was uh, younger, in the 80s, they made a movie called The Labyrinth, which was this fantastic coming-of-age story of this Teenage girl who hates her baby brother because he's really annoying. He's an, he's probably like a year and a half old. Um, but he gets stolen by the Goblin King, who is played by David Bowie, by the way, and always a good plus. And he has big 1980s style hair, and it's wonderful. Lots of makeup on. It's fantastic. Uh, but the Goblin King, played by David Bowie, steals the baby brother. And so she has to go on a journey to find him. And part of it is making her way through this labyrinth. Uh, to to rescue her baby brother because, of course, lo and behold, she loves him after all. Uh, So it really is a coming-of-age, growing-up story. And there's this wonderful scene where the young woman bumps into what looks like a mound of stuff. Household items, blankets, dolls, just a mound of things. And she bumps into it and the mound makes a noise. And she realizes um, there's something underneath all of that, and uh, the the mound moves and turns around, and it's this wonderfully hunched over character, just creature of that only Jim Henson could come up with, and she's sort of hunched over and she sees the character and sort of oh there's somebody there you know. Um, and finds out what's happening, finds out the story. Why is this girl journeying? And she's about to start the next leg of her journey. And they're, it's hard to explain, but they're close to her bedroom. And her things are around. And the woman, the, the, this woman, uh, said, oh, you're about to go on a journey. Well, you'll need some things for the journey, some things important to you. And she goes around the young girl's room and picks up items that have meant something to her at some point in her life. Oh, you need your bunny. You need your bunny rabbit and puts it on the young woman's back. Oh, you're going to need your blankie. Put the blankie on there. Oh, here's the book. Don't you remember this picture your mom gave you? Put that on there. And she finds all of these sentimental things that were important to the young woman at one point or another and starts mounding them on the young woman's back. Well, you can imagine what starts to happen. The young woman starts to hunch over because all of those items are being piled on top of each other on her back. And as the... The, the sort of creature is talking, the young woman says, oh yes, I guess I do need that. Yes, yes, because these are, these are things that once brought comfort to her, you know, and were encouraging to her. And, and the thought of going on a big journey, I, yes, I guess I could use those things that have brought me comfort in my life and were important to me. I, I suppose I do need those. And the, you know, the young woman starts to kind of bend over until she can hardly move because there's so much on her back. And then there's this moment where she stands up and she throws all of that off because she realizes there's no way there's no way she can continue in her hunt to find her little brother with all that stuff she can't do it she needs to be unfettered by all of that she, she's got to be able to move and to run and to fight And she's got to get going. She's wasting time because the more this, this little creature talks, the more she gets lost in those memories and what was, and the more she gets hunched over it. I always think of that scene when I hear this passage by John the Baptist. I always think of that scene when I come to this reading, this talk by John the Baptist, which by the way, is one of my absolute favorites in scripture. I don't have a lot of them, but this is at the top of the list. This is one of those passages that I find myself coming back to again and again and again. First of all, how can it not grab your attention? You brood of vipers. this is getting delicious. (laughs) You have my attention, John, as only John can grab it. John is such a fantastic character. John is exactly the type of person that you want to start any difficult endeavor because he just shoots right through it, right? Like John the Baptist is the champion that you need to start something difficult because he doesn't care what anybody says and he's gonna say it like he sees it, you know? This is the problem, we need to fix it. I don't care if it upsets you that I said that and I don't care that you think it's gonna be difficult, we're doing it. That's who you want paving the way so someone like Jesus can come in and say, well, let me tell you a story, you know, and start building on that foundation. So I just love John. And in true John fashion, he just shoots right through it. In this passage, he's not sparing our feelings. He's not worried about how we might be turned off by this message. When he says, you think I'm something, Where do you see the next guy. Because he comes with Fire. Oh, that sounds painful. A winnowing fork is in his hand and he is ready to go at it on the threshing floor. That sounds awful. (laughs) That sounds very painful. I don't know that I want this person to show up. Thank you, John. I needed to know that. I needed to hear that. I needed to be prepared. But what is it John is telling us? What is it he's talking about here? This is not like the wheat and the tares that are two different plants that grow up side by side and the tares are cleared out. John is talking about two parts of the same plant. He's talking about the wheat, which is the berry, which is the fruit of the plant, and he's talking about the chaff, which is that hard husk that is around the wheat that is necessary. It has to be there while the wheat is growing to protect it right? In other words, we can't say, well, I'm a wheat and you're a chaff. I don't have to worry about a thing because you're chaff and I'm not. No, Well, guess what? We are all wheat and chaff. We are all that is all a part of each and every one of us. And so none of us can look at this passage and say, I'm glad I don't have to go through what John's talking about. No, John's talking to each and every one of us and is saying, get ready, get ready. Because a life in Christ means spending some time on the threshing room floor and getting beat up. Because as we mature and grow, there are going to be things that for a season we really needed to have in our lives. You know, we paint that coat of protection around ourselves with lots of different things at different times in our lives, and we need those. You know, there are times that we needed that protective coating, that we needed something, a barrier between us and the world, between us and God, Jesus even. Oh boy, sometimes don't we need that? That sometimes we need that protective coating in order... To, to be prepared to restore, you can think of Advent as that protective coating in this season. This is a time of preparation and meditation and reflection. There's a time where we need a coating around us, that husk to protect us, the part that will bear fruit, but we're not ready to bear fruit yet. And a life in Christ is again and again experiencing the importance of that husk around us, but then... <coughs> going through rebirth not once not twice not where you can say on this day I was born again though that is important no daily we are called into rebirth and through that process of rebirth Christ is breaking off those shells that we put around ourselves and sometimes those shells are really important but when we're done with them We need to have someone cast them off. And sometimes it's painful for that husk to be ripped off of us. And it's even more painful to see that thing that was so important to us, that meant so much to us, that we really needed in our lives, to see it cast out and burned, destroyed. That hurts. That hurts, but but that was a part of who I was. And Christ says to us, yes, my child, but it's no longer. It is no longer. It's a new season for you. It's a new time in your journey. It's a new era of your discipleship. And that thing which had protected you for so long, it's going to stop you from doing what you need to do. It's going to stop protecting you. In fact, usually it already has, and it has begun to inhibit your growth because the husk has to be cast away. The chaff has to be burned and disposed of before the berry, that wonderful little grain of wheat, can fall on good soil and dig in roots and reach up high to the sky with its face to the sun. That grain of wheat cannot do that work of bearing good fruit until, by the mercy of God, we have been released of all that would bind us. And it's not a one-time deal. I think of that young woman in the movie who thinks, realizes she can't, those things that meant so much to her. It's not that she doesn't appreciate them any longer, but it's that she can't take them with her. So, yes, John the Baptist, yes, yes. Call us anew year after year. Call us anew in this season of preparation to take a look at our lives, at the husks that we have so carefully constructed around ourselves, and name that which needs to be pulled away, and have the courage and strength to sit in the discomfort a feeling it pulled from our very selves, that those pieces of our identity fall away, the courage to watch them burn, so that then we are fresh to welcome anew the Christ child, by whose incarnation we are made disciples and are called to bear good fruit. Amen.